0: Welcome to the WP Tonic this week in WordPress and SaaS podcast where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back folks to the WP Tonic this week this week in WordPress and SaaS. This is episode 894. This is our first episode in 2024. I don't know where the last year went. It flew past. Flew past. We've got a great interview, folks. We've got anal uh, capture of multidocs. Um he's gonna be talking about his experience with enterprise level solutions with WordPress. He said many years running a successful agency in this area. He's got an enormous amount of experience and knowledge to share. I'm sure you'll get some tips and insights from the con- conversation. So, Al, Um would you like to um, I mean, quickly give us a like, 20, 30-second introduction about yourself?
1: Of course. Uh, first of all, Jonathan, and congratulations on uh, 194 episode of uh, our podcast. It, I started my podcast very recently, uh, just uh, this year, and I know how much effort and work it is to um, produce a podcast so well done and congratulations uh, on um, doing this consistently
0: Oh well, thank you for that i appreciate it. you can send me the check after <laughs> <laughs> sounds good <laughs> <great. laughs> uh, hey
1: everyone uh, i'm anil gupta i'm a as jonathan said i'm a ceo and co-founder of uh, multi dots uh, and dot store so these are the three different brands uh, one of MultiDots is uh, where we do a lot of uh, WordPress design, development, and mostly uh, enterprise grade migration and, and custom development. MultiCollab is also an enterprise uh, plugin where we offer uh, Google Doc style collaboration in WordPress. That's one of the things that a lot of enterprise customers were actually asking for. So we built that product and um, our, our third brand, DotStore. That's where we serve a um, lot of uh, small, medium businesses who are using WooCommerce and e-commerce. So uh, these are the three different uh, uh, brands and the customer group that we are serving.
0: That's great. And I've got my great co-host, Kurt. Kurt, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers?
2: Sure thing, Jonathan. Uh, my name is Kurt Von Annen. I own an agency called Manana Nomas and a podcast of the same name and uh, work directly with uh, great companies like WP Tonic and Lifter LMS. Thanks.
0: Before we go into the meat and potatoes of this great show, I've got a couple of messages from our leading sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks.
2: Tired of hosting providers that can't handle high traffic loads? Convesio is here to help. Our platform can handle any amount of traffic, all without slowdown or crashing. With immediate Slack support, performance optimization, and a team that thrives on resolving technical challenges, your e commerce business is in safe hands. Learn more about Convesio at Convesio.com. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today.
0: We're coming back, folks. Um, I just wanted to say that we've got a sponsor that's with us to the end of this month, that's Cloudways. Cloudways, I think you've all heard about Cloudways. They um, offer a great service to WordPress um, professionals. If you're looking for cloud-based hosting, they've got a special discount deal. You can find all the details on our special page for sponsorship deals and a created list of the best WordPress plugins and services. You can get, find all these goodies by going over to wp com slash deals, wp-tonic.com slash deal, and you'll find all the goodies there. What more could you ask for? Probably a lot more, but that's all you can get from that page. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint. No, it's a fabulous page, and you should go into it and buy and use all the sponsors' goodies on that page. That's the way to support the show. So, I Emil, mean, um, let's go straight into it. So, what what led you into the world of WordPress? And um, what's the origin story about Multidoc? You know, how did it start? And how did you get into this particular sector offering solutions to enterprise?
1: Um, yeah, so it was uh, 2009. That's when I started uh, uh, and co-founded Multidogs along with my business partner and friend, uh, Aslam. Uh, and we started our agency pretty much like as a as an open source uh, solution provider. So we were not just focusing on WordPress, but we were focusing on Magento and Drupal and Joomla, so a bunch of other open source platform. But our goal was to uh, to focus on open source technology and uh, provide that as a solution to uh, anyone who is uh, looking to implement um, e-commerce, websites, stuff like that. Our So we did that for, I think, first five years of our agency. So first five years, we did um, all these different uh, open source platforms. What was your
0: background before you started the agency, though?
1: Yeah, so I um, I studied computer science. So I, um, yeah, I studied computer science. I have been, I was a developer. Uh, My first job was as a PHP web developer. So I was building websites uh, during my college years. And after that, so I worked for roughly like five years uh, in different uh, tech companies as a web developer. And my last job was project manager. That's where I had a chance to manage team and client and projects. And that kind of like gave me uh, a confidence and created a path for me to become an entrepreneur.
0: All right. So I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. So you, you started developing Drupal and other um, web-based platforms. So, so what led to the path in spe- specializing more into WordPress?
1: Yeah. So um, first five years in our business, we worked in all these different platforms. And one thing, I it was very hard to catch up with all the updates that's going on in Magento, in Joomla, in Drupal, and WordPress. So it was very hard to kind of like uh, stay up to date as a, as a developer or as an as a solution provider. And we noticed that, so I think there was one time where I was like doing a math and I was like, I looked into our customer base and I think 60, 70% were on WordPress, so the, the Magento, Joomla, Drupal, they were all like less than 30%. And that's when I think my business partner and I, we made a decision that it it's very stressful to kind of like continue to focus on four different platforms and also continue to to invest time and energy. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that's when we made a decision to just focus on one platform. And WordPress uh, at that time was very popular, fastest growing platform. Um, open source content management CMS uh, platform, it is still fastest growing. Uh, so yeah, so that was like our motivation to focus on WordPress. And um, one, one of your questions was how we end up focusing on more this enterprise sector, your enterprise mm-hmm. space in the WordPress. So yeah, so that, that, that's also a very interesting um, observation where I think it was around our 10-year um, of my com- my agency's anniversary. So 10 years in, you know, so we were like focusing on the WordPress. And one thing I noticed that um, the WordPress software, so overall WordPress software that um, a high school blogger or small business uses is the same piece of software that enterprise also uses. Okay, so... In a, in a sense, it wasn't changing that much. The found 80, 90% of the foundation is the same. It's just like there were a couple of things that you need to handle differently when it comes to the enterprise and all. So that was kind of like a big, because earlier it was like, oh, you know, that uh, we're not sure if the WordPress is right for the enterprise. But then I, when I started to going to different WordCamps and being more involved in the WordPress community, I learned that WordPress is being used by some of the big enterprises. And that kind of like created a spark that, oh, you know, we should actually um, focus on this, another space where uh, the the WordPress from the enterprises. Um, so there was one big, big, big motivation there for us. And uh, yeah, another thing I think was the confidence um, because when you work with uh, small, medium businesses for a while, um, if you also have i mean we also we had some uh, doubts that whether you know we are ready to serve the enterprise customers the challenges and the demands for the enterprise customer but i think that also something that uh, came up with more experience you know so we started kind of like uh, 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 working with some of the 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 complex wordpress uh, migrations and customizations for the small customers. So that was also a big, big actually in learning that um, before we started working with big clients, we were already working on a complex WordPress project for small clients. So there is like a difference, like, you know, so there are two different things. One is big client and second is a complex WordPress project, right? So, so, so for the big clients, it's the same level of complexity or maybe even, Like in there are a couple of things that changes. So that was another big confidence for us that like we already have experience and knowledge on working on complex WordPress migrations and migrations. So yeah, that should be not be a problem.
0: I think I'm only um, because obviously I've done a few large. um, It's mostly in the medium size, the smaller medium size that WP Tonic has been active in but um i've done some larger projects for larger companies i've a couple large clients um i think one of the main areas that i um, just want to see your own insight about this so i think one of the bigger differences when you when you get larger companies is is integrations they um you touched about your own plugin that works with google docs your own solution they a lot of companies have got legacy systems or they got they require integration into accountancy um external crms crms that are dominant in a particular industry sector but not generally that well known that type of thing am i would you agree with, and at, i think that's a learning pro- process for our agency that's moving up, is that they're going to be dealing with a lot more um, integrations with other systems?
1: What, what's your own feelings about this? Um, I agree with you. The integration is is one of the thing that um, is important. I'm, I will add a couple more. You know, so when we started to focusing on enterprise, what I observed that. As I mentioned, like this, the WordPress software is the same, but there are a couple of things that changes when we work with the enterprise customer. The first one is structure. So sometimes they don't want a plain simple WordPress, right? They will need headless, or sometimes they will have the publishing will be happening something where, and they will just be using WordPress to uh, to display. You know, so they write content somewhere else, and uh, it got published on WordPress website. So structure, compliance is something that's also important, speed to publish. So how fast their publishing or content creation team can write and publish the content. So that becomes very important for the enterprise's performance, um, both performance of the, the WordPress as a, as a backend and frontend. The security, uh, integration that you mentioned, and the last one, I would say, support. So those are the seven... Uh, things that we identified that, oh, these are the seven things which are very important and also a little bit different how we address a small website versus an enterprise website. These seven things, something that we will pay attention to. That's great.
0: Over to you, Kurt.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm listening with, like, with big, wide open ears, right? Because, you know, as an agency, you're like, well, what are some of the secrets? What are some of the things to look for? Um, in my personal experience, I've noticed... There's, you know, almost like a prejudiced um, opinion of WordPress at at the C-level, you know, executive level, right? Where they're like, oh, no, I heard WordPress has security issues. Or, no, we don't want to be on WordPress. We need a, you know, a bespoke, you know, custom website or something like that. And in some cases, I've actually gone... I when I first interviewed with Jonathan years ago, he was like, "How did you get WordPress into Suzuki?" And I'm like, "I just did it and asked for forgiveness instead of asking for permission." <laughs> and then once they realized it, they were like, "Well, it works." Um, how that's that was years ago. How how do you think WordPress is kind of like viewed or seen by the executive world now in in today's market? Do you think it's it's better accepted, or do you think it still has that weird like you got to sell them on it first before you can do it?
1: Um, that's that's a very good question. In fact, we also have observed this change that three or four years ago, we were getting a lot of uh, security questions and concern from the the technical buyers uh, and enterprises in last. Last, I think, especially in twenty twenty three, I have we haven't got that many questions related to security. So there must, the I'm sure, the perception is changing, and uh, some of the big case studies like NASA, uh, White House, I think that kind of also adding that confidence where when they hear that um, there are a lot of big WordPress, uh, big banner brands and. Uh, White House and NASA and this kind of like government institutes are also using WordPress and trusting on the WordPress so that I I think they filter out that doubt and confidence uh, in WordPress for especially in in the security space but I would also say that um, I think a general level of interest and, and curiosity around security performance is always there you know for, for the technical buyers right like it doesn't matter if it's WordPress any especially like all these security uh, cyber 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 hacks and and all those things are happening around the world uh, I would say like yeah any any technology buyer is a little bit cautious about um, whether the platform or tool or software they are using is secure or not but specific to the WordPress um, I see that level of you know the 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 um, the, the caution, but it's not like a big, um, big turn off for them that oh, WordPress is not secure. So we should not even think about WordPress. Yeah.
2: And, and then I guess the follow up to that would be, you know, um, when you talk to an enterprise customer about adapting them to a WordPress environment, you know, Jonathan had already asked about a couple of obstacles. But like, what are some major problems or the other side? What are some major opportunities? To converting an enterprise, you know, organization into a WordPress environment.
1: Yeah, um, this is my interesting question. Uh, my interesting question because I always try to uh, pay attention to this particular part, where like what are the things that they really like about the WordPress enterprise uh, customers, and what are the things that they are not yet happy about. Um, so, in terms of the the problems, I would say WordPress, when we designed. Uh, it, or when it launched 2004, you know, it was designed for uh, small and medium businesses and bloggers, right? So it's very simple, which is, I think, a strength of WordPress that is very simple and easy to, to publish uh, in WordPress. But in enterprise and when it's a large business, uh, workflow is something that we see a lot where we have to go and find, de- design a custom workflow and create use plugins or customization. So workflow is something that I think is not yet there how enterprises need. So that's kind of like, I would say, um, a problem and opportunity both for us as an agency where we help them a lot. Second thing comes to my mind is collaboration. And that is where we also built multi-collab, you know, where right now in WordPress, there is no any way where you can, multiple people can collaboratively create a content and publish. Now, collaboration has been like we are very poised by the collaborations, you know, using in all the different apps like Canva or Notion or WordPress, uh, 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 Wix and Google Doc and Microsoft, like pretty much all any big content creation platform that we see, it has a collaboration tools uh, inbuilt, right? So, with that, that's something that also coming up as a big ask now and big turn off for the WordPress. Some of the customers, because the collaboration is not there, they were looking uh and shopping for the other platforms. And that is that's why that's one reason why we built multi collabs. I think those are the two comes to my mind that collaboration and workflow.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for the insight. Jonathan, over to you. Yeah, I've got a couple of comments about
0: what you said. I think when it comes to s- security, um I think People gotta understand this. I'll be interested in your response, to my own view on this, is that people tend to think that SaaS automatically is gonna be more secure, but um I think that's a fallacy myself. You know, look at look at the ongoing disaster that's last LastPass mm-hmm. that um suppressed the that a a lot of um people's wallets and that were utilising to store um, passwords and a lot of secure data had been cracked and they suppressed that and um, the full extent of that breach is still just coming out and they've been forced. So, and that's been an ongoing pattern, hasn't it? That SaaS companies, you know, to express the knowledge that they've got some substantial problems where where it's open source, it's more out there, isn't it? Which is a two edged um sold, isn't it? Because it does give the slight impression that it's not so secure. But it's only that you're you're not being told the truth by a lot of SaaS companies. Do you think I'm being unfair there or do you think I'm
1: basically correct? I don't know what's the right answer here, but I would say um, yeah, I, that's that's well, you you're quite you
0: you <laughs> but you can say that I'm talking absolutely <laughs> nonsense, actually, because I normally
1: am so Yeah. No, I think my my view my view in general um, when it comes to security is that um, it's like do I trust on Trust on someone else. Like SaaS is more like you are trusting on them that they will secure your data, they will secure the platform. And in open source, you have a control that you are like. All right, I'm gonna set up this on my server. I so basically depending. I think let's say if I'm a kind of a person, you know, where I feel like I don't have the enough resources and and, and budget to secure some something my own, then I think cloud. Or SaaS becomes a good option, but when some, but some of these enterprises, I believe that they have a very decent budget and team and infrastructure to product, and if they have a more control over how they want to structure, then I think they they will be able to take very fast and quick action in order to avoid any security loopholes compared to uh, the the clouds. That's kind of like my opinion. Is like how you. Uh, if you want to control, that's kind of like give you more confidence, then I think that that might be the route that you should go for.
0: And before we go into the other main question, I've got a quick other follow up question. Um, when you were talking about um, responding to Kurt's question that, you know, what are the opportunities and that, and you were saying how people l- look. Now, obviously, um, when an enterprise customer is looking to change web Web-based a website p- publishing platform. Um, they normally going to give it to their IT team, you know. And depending on the organisation, the higher management will have some input and the marketing. But when they when they're making a short list, are you finding that WordPress is part of that short list, or is it is it what are the things? Based on your conversations, that determine that WordPress is in the shortlist. Is it that some of the people in the IT or somebody in higher management has utilised WordPress before in a pre- you know, in a previous job, in a previous working for a previous company, and they say, "Well, you should look at WordPress," or, or does it? Because I get the feeling that there's still a bit of resistance. From IT departments about WordPress and open source in general. I suppose it depends on the culture of each IT department linked to each enterprise customer.
1: Yeah. Um so So two things I would say there. First is yes, um when it comes to initial set of options to build website or CMS, WordPress is part of that option Uh, that I've seen that because when they come, some of the enterprise customers that we work with in the beginning, they will tell us like, hey, we are between Adobe and WordPress or we are between Sitecore and WordPress uh, or this third other platform, right? So I can see that like, you know, they have a couple of options and the WordPress is part of that. Most of the times, uh, my understanding, uh, my experience is that Uh, the people who is a decision maker in the client side, whether it's uh, a head of technology, CIO, what their uh, experience and involvement is with WordPress, I think that becomes a big factor to decide. And I think you also pointed out that that thing. And that is kind of like one area where I have noticed that uh, if they have a very strong, um, uh, yeah, strong, connection with other platform or other cms then they will lean a little bit more towards that uh, uh, than the wordpress and that is where i think you know we have an opportunity where we need to find what they need you know because gartner and there are like bunch of different tech reports and technology uh, uh, research that some of these cios and director of technologies in these big companies they read and if WordPress is there, then they will know what WordPress is capable of and powerful power of.
0: That's great. I'm going to throw the other question back over to you, Kurt. So, okay,
2: well, it kind of switches gears a little bit, but it's um still related to a, an enterprise kind of question. And part of me is hesitant because I'm waiting for you to go. Oh, they just use the classic editor. But um, how are the changes in Gutenberg kind of affecting the way that you're interacting with enterprises? and i guess my question is more like if i had to refine the question like do you find yourself having to train or onboard or work with people to show them the benefits of the block editor and and stuff like that or are they or are they just kind
1: of adapting it and moving forward um so one like most of the customers that we work with we help them to move from other platform to wordpress so majority of our customers are like that so wordpress might be their first First-hand experience, right? So at that time, they—it's—we don't get. I mean, we tell them like, "Hey, um, in order to publish the content, we have a Gutenberg, we have a classic editor, and we have a bunch of other page builders." And but most of the times, um, yeah, we we re- we recommend them and we explain them um, the the offs of each uh, different uh, page builders. We don't get that much. We haven't got any hard resistance on Gutenberg. I think because they are, it's the first time they are interacting with the WordPress, um, oh, okay. you know, because they they have been using some other platform. In some cases where someone has already a WordPress website and we help them maybe redesigning, revamping our brand new web, WordPress website, you know, so in that case, yeah, we had, uh, but it's not that big, but we, tr- we try to explain them and educate them what uh, Gutenberg editor is and what kind of like it is capable of. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cause I, one of the things I
2: noticed about Gutenberg from a publishing perspective was when you're for the first time in like forever, I feel like in WordPress, I can go to full screen, you know, editing and I can write like a writer, writes, Like I can really see it. Whereas if I'm in another page builder, I don't have that little text block on the left column, you know, I, I mean, I have a real page that I can really write in. And that's something that I think from a publishing perspective or from a, you know, from a corporate content perspective, I think would be a really good benefit for them, especially if they're new to the platform, because it's going to, it works and behaves differently than the other, F- from a, from a space perspective, it operates differently than most other
1: platforms. It's, it's really nice the way that works. Yeah. And I, I, my personal observation in that space is uh, what you mentioned about, um, I think it's true. Like when we think about Gutenberg, we had to think Gutenberg or or page block editor, right? What we need to think about is um, there is this um, builder community. So we as a developer, agency, consultant, and some of the also um, uh, team members in our clients team, you know, who are also more hands-on and pro uh, with the WordPress. That's like that one, one group of people who are also interacting with this block editor in regards to creating workflows, creating custom blocks, and stuff like that. And then there is an, another group who doesn't care you know, about all that. They just want to go and publish, write content and publish content every day, every week, and they want to do it faster, better, and, and quicker, right? So for them, uh, how the interface, like how the, the editor, they are using the editor and how editor giving them you know, the, the tools to publish and create the content, that matters a lot. And that's something that we, I I pay a lot of attention to. When I'm interacting with someone in my client's team, I'll try to see whether they are like more pro and they want to see how it's easy to uh, create custom templates, blocks and all that, or they are just looking for like, hey. I don't care about the template. I don't care about the custom blocks. What I need is like, this is how I've been writing content for the last 15 years. Can you make it same or easier? And that's where I pay attention to. And that's where I think block editor uh, gives us that option where we can kind of like design it in a way that it fits the people's need. Yeah, that's great. Jonathan? Yeah. My, pardon? Is it
0: time for the break? <laughs> yeah, I'll just go a quick follow up question about that. Um, my own position on this is that um at wp tonic we were offering elementor but now we're offering also cadence um but we we recommend cadence because um what's your own position about this full site editing because um i just feel i just felt that cadence and ben who's the chief the chief um technical developer of the cadence wp He's a fabulous developer in his team and he's got great insight um but when it comes to full site editing um I just felt that that was the wrong thing at the wrong moment. It needed a period of cons cons consult um of building and consolidation rather than where um, if you want to go the full site, it's almost like jumping on the train and they're still building the track at the same time, um, and you're just hoping you don't really know where the track's going. Um, um, I'm just more, but I think you can see all the power of Gutenberg with blocks, and um, so cadence was the middle ground for us, and I'm very happy. So I just think this whole process and all these page builders and that there just seems to be um, a instead of which I felt it was needed a little bit of, was hoping from Gutenberg was cons- unification that the opposite is that it's fragmented even a bit more. That's always been part of WordPress, which is probably part of a open source. Platform, you know the power WordPress is all these options, but it's because of Gutenberg. It seems to have even gone a bit further. What was your own response? Do you agree with what i or do you think I'm incorrect in what I've just
1: outlined? Um. So, yeah, I think uh, in a, in a in large platform like WordPress, you know, where a it's open source and b it's also being um built and contributed by a large community of developers around the world um i i think um my personal observation is that like when i i work with very for example whatever the 42 or 45 or 48 percentage of the wordpress uh market share market is you know who are using wordpress we work with let's say 50 52 customers um you know and in the last 40 years probably i worked with two hundred. Uh, different customers and probably build maybe 500 different wordpress websites so that's kind of like the data set that i have when i look into that i see that everyone has a very different way they a different thing that they pay attention to like you know something that's very important to to one group is not that much important for another one so full site editing um and a bunch of other things even like we are talking about the language i think uh, uh you know multilingual i think is is going to be phase four collaboration is phase three so there are like two different like you know group like once someone wants uh, multilingual first and then collaboration later so i can see this this uh priority conflict that uh uh you know that and i i, I don't know if there is any any right way where somebody is collecting these inputs like hey whether full side editing is important or simple editor is important, whether collaboration is more important or or performance is important, or like you know, like which 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 we should give more priority? Yeah, I think yeah, you got a good point there. I think where
0: you could say is that there was a necessity and there still is to have a kind of roadmap mm-hmm. um, that's really clear and public and semi. Obviously, a roadmap has to still have the ability to adapt. Yeah. But there, there seem to be fundamental changes that weren't communicated, or just seem to happen out of the blue. They probably, but that probably isn't the case. But it just came across that
1: way. Yeah. So, but also, I would add one thing that, like, full side editing. None of our customer has been asking for it, and none of customer, and like, because that's what I'm saying. Like, we work with a very small subset of the users of the WordPress. So that's not the hundred percent. Of the opinion, but if I just like even t- even since full site editing is launched, none of our customer has like, oh yeah, I was dying to, w- I was waiting for that feature or that option to be enabled. What they are, so that's I think something that uh, is very also important to see that who are we we serving? You know, maybe full site editing will be attractive for small medium like bloggers or you know some of those uh, do DIY website builders. Uh, but yeah, we that's something we need to see. Who are we building WordPress for?
0: Well, I think that you touched on another thing, which is totally understandable. It um, because of the size of the user base and the and the percentage of people utilising, um, you've got all different type of user cases, haven't you? So to satisfy each user case, each bucket, as I would say is extremely difficult so i've got to keep that we're going to go for our break folks it's been a fabulous discussion i think we've covered a load of stuff in just 30 minutes we we got some other great questions to ask and some areas to cover we will be back in a few moments folks this podcast episode is brought to you by lifter lms the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to LifterLMS.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20. That's podcast two zero. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back. We have had a fantastic discussion and we've covered a load of interesting stuff. We've got another great second half, but before we go into it, I just want to point out if you're a WordPress professional and you're looking for a great partner, great hosting partner, much more and you've got a community or a learning management project we specialize in the hosting and the support of wordpress professionals building such websites we've got a load of experience we'd love you to come on board and host a website as you know community websites on buddy boss and learning management systems have unique requirements when it comes to hosting and ongoing support why don't you go over to wp wp-tonic.com slash partners and have a look at what we got to offer we'd love you to become a partner with Wp tonic so I'm gonna throw it over to Kirk again
2: fantastic <laughs> um Anil you you were super gracious you've already talked a little bit about security and and integration especially with SaaS stuff but the next question is a little more um a little more direct like, what do you do when, when you have this enterprise customer, when you've got client you're working with and they're like, we absolutely must connect to, and then you get into the meat and potatoes of it and you're like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> like, like, wow, they, they want to connect to this old legacy thing. And it is not, just, you know, not all APIs are built equally. Are they? <laughs> so I, I was just, you know, from a strategy perspective, you know, and you can answer this 20 different ways. I know that, but. But from a strategy perspective, how do you approach or deal with? You know, you're building a a new, you know, top line product, and now you're being forced to connect to something that, in your opinion, is like, man, this is junk. Mm -hmm. Like, how do how do you breach that?
1: Good question. Um, So yeah, so this is something that usually um, we tackle in the in our discovery discovery phase. So when we take on any new project, before that. Uh, That's like we do. We have like discovery phase where um, a bunch of can
0: I can I slightly interrupt? How do you you deal with discuss discovery process? You know, obviously these are big jobs. Are are that do you, you know we we ask for paid? You know, we have initial consultation and then we make a decision that does this need paid discovery? We can't spend hours and hours and hours just doing free discovery. How do you broke it? Do you, so is it the same? You do initial free and then you get to a point where you say, we're going to have to ask, for we'll paid discovery. Is that correct?
1: That's very true. So our process is that um, we have a very strong and strict um, lead filtration. So any website inquiry that comes to us, we kind of like first filter it out whether that will be a good fit or not. And the one that we select, like all right, these are the good customers or the problem that we want to solve. After that, we um, we have internally for those selected uh, leads, we have I think three three hours free discovery. So we invest three hours of our free time. So that's like very quick, uh, high level assessment, and we don't tell them like okay, like on the first call that you have to pay right now, you know. So it's like we first we do. We call it complementary uh, discovery. So that's like usually it's three hours uh, maximum, you know, but sometimes we are able to com- conclude in one to three hours. So that's where our solution architect just take a quick look at what customer is asking for. And we have questionnaires will be send to them like, hey, give us these details. And based on that, we give them, tell them um, about, like, all right, based on the information that we have, now we need to do this. Two weeks or three weeks or four week of paid discovery, and that's where we propose them a paid discovery. But a lot of time, if in in these two or three hours, if it's very straightforward WordPress migration or our design, then we don't go when we don't we don't do uh, the paid discovery. But n- I would say 98 percent of the time, it yeah we it goes through a paid discovery.
0: Well, sorry to interrupt. Back over to you, Kurt.
2: I, I apologize. Back to the API question. Well, the, the, the main thing of the question is paid discovery or not, when you find out that what they want to connect to is giant, how do you address that? Like part of me, and and I've done this before where I've been like, Hey, this solution is outdated, old. Can we possibly migrate you to something newer and better and cleaner?
1: Mm.
2: But sometimes they're just really committed to something that they paid for. They built custom 10, 12 years ago. And you're yeah. like, well, I got to figure it out. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I mean, yeah, we 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 have that. We we had uh, some of the the situations where we dealt with that. Um, my approach or, or my team's approach in, in situations like that is that, yeah, when we work with uh, any third party vendor or their own mm-hmm. legacy software or someone's software, they don't have a s- strong, clear, and secure uh, API endpoints. Then we tell them like, hey, that is going to be something that like we need this. Like we do the assessment and we provide them that somebody, the vendor needs to work on these API endpoints and some of our suggestions. So we do that audit and we tell them what needs to be done in order to integrate that. And surprisingly, um, uh, we have got a very positive response, like vendors because they know the power of the WordPress. They know that WordPress is powerful and it's so big. So they also are. Uh, very supportive in regards to making those changes into that platform so that we can integrate that well with WordPress. So that's like our approach number one. Second approach is, uh, uh we also look into, I'm not sure, have you guys, uh, uh, know about this uh, integration platform as a service? I pass. No. That's yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I would say like Zapier and uh, Boomi and Workato. These are like some of the examples. So basically, what they do is they uh, they are like uh, integration as a integration platform as a service. So basically, they go and look for all these popular enterprise tools, softwares, and applications, and they deal with them and find that like, hey, like let's create these APIs and all that, and then you use them to integrate with your away with WordPress. So then they basically do a lot of um, hard work in making sure that those API endpoints are secure, they're fast, and 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 whatever the essential APIs are there. So then you deal with So that's kind of like an approach that we have been taking a lot and suggesting a lot since last few years, uh, where instead of creating the everything from the scratch, we will see if this uh, uh, integration platform as a service Tools has some of this integration uh, available or not.
2: That's a little gold nugget right there because it's kind of like, it's it's like a WP Fusion or Pabbly or Zapier, but it's more of a custom integration solution,
1: right? Yeah, and there are plenty. I think there are around 16, 18 different iPass platform integration uh, platform as a service, and they each has at least, 200, 300 different apps that they kind of support. You know, some of them might be same. Some of them might be different in each platform. So I would say that would be my first go to kind of like check if they already have whatever this tool, enterprise tool or software we are trying to integrate. If they already have uh, a support, then I'll just go and, and and work with them. Fantastic. Jonathan?
0: Yeah, I think that um, you mentioned some of the um, SaaS platforms that you Help people move into wordpress um I think on our side um you know we we love the fluent um set of plugins they fluent c r m and they've got fluent booking um and they've got fluent forms we' are big supporters of fluent because of dual and the team and it integrates with our particular client set um but do you think WordPress? Because um, I think one of the main competitors on because a lot of the clients, corporate clients, I'm aiming at are between the five and ten million. Let's say half a million to five million, five million to ten. I find when they they get they jump from ten to twenty million, when you look at their website and what they've got, they've dropped WordPress. They're utilizing fast um they've got a they've got a larger uh, it t- it team but in that half a million to five million five million to ten million um hubspot has a lot a large presence you know they offer a crm they offer a website they offer marketing automation. i'm get- getting quite but there they're extremely expensive, but not as expensive as Salesforce, um, but um, they're seen as a cheaper solution because when people look at implementing a Salesforce kind of solution, it makes HubSpot look cheap. Mm. But um, are you are you finding that you've got people that are looking to move away from HubSpot or is it? or oh, a lot of your clients are a higher level, you know. Well, what's your opinion about what HubSpot is offering?
1: Um, I don't have much experience with HubSpot, but I I mean, in the sense, um, moving anyone from Hub, Hub, HubSpot to WordPress or helping anyone to move out from WordPress to HubSpot. I have observed that, especially some of the customers, and one thing that you mentioned about this, um, different um, client range and how they decide to switch out from WordPress to HubSpot or any other platform. My observation on that is that, yeah, we had some of the customers where we built the whole WordPress website and then a uh, few years later, they are like, oh, are we going to switch to something else? Um, and the pattern that I have observed is a lot of time, it's either change in the management so if let's say they have a, a new they hire the fired old cto cio or director of technology and they hire a new one and the new person has more um uh, affinity with hubspot or some other platform in the previous company so they would like to bring in that same experience and 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 and, and um the platform so second so that's a one like you know the change in the management Second is uh, merger and acquisition, so that is something that we deal a lot with. Like whenever one of our big clients get acquired, you know, then whole thing like the whole strategy around the platform and everything changes. So it's nothing wrong with the WordPress. It's nothing like you know the right with the HubSpot. It's just something that like because the the yeah. new company.
0: I'm new facing bot- it myself. I'm going to lose one of my major clients mm-hmm. uh, in the end of June. Um, yeah. they're. They're moving to a. Uh, they got taken over, and the people that had taken over are totally against WordPress. They're, they they mm-hmm. think it's Satan regenerated. Uh, um, they got no interest in it. You know, I spoke to the chief technical officer, and he he made it more than clear. He just thought WordPress was the devil incarnate. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, end of story. And so that um they've been with me for years but they got bought up and the new people they just hate wordpress <laughs> let their little souls i'll oh, back going to you Kurt, for the other question
2: well the the next one uh anil is is maybe more personal yeah what what tools and services um really end up in your tool belt for helping you run your your daily business stuff like and and what would you recommend To a listener or an audience member that's like, I want to get better at my game with tools and services, should I look at using, you know?
1: Yeah. um, I'll share a few. Uh, And again, like, these tools are very personal, you know, so everyone has personal preferences. Pretty much, like, for the one thing, probably you will have 10, 15 tools and they will all be doing the same job uh, one or other way. But a lot of times it it ended up being uh, the personal preferences as well. Um, But we... For the communication, we use Basecamp, so that's kind of like our main uh, platform is for internal as well as external communication. So all our project management with our clients, plus internal communication with our team and department, we are doing uh, it on a Basecamp. Uh, I like Basecamp because it's simple and uh, and all of that. I at one point I was thinking about using doing what uh, Automatic does, like uh, creating a P two. Blog and then using the WordPress as a communication, internal communication. But then we refrained from that option because it's like it's like if I have more control on on that, then I will my team will spend more time in fine tuning that, you know, rather than working on the client client's project. And and uh, so yeah, that was my stand. I was like,
0: How oh, do you do? How do you deal with clients that insist that they? How do you deal with clients that insist that you utilize their? internal communication system, whatever it is,
1: Norton or whatever thing that they use. to, how do you deal with that? That's a good question. In fact, uh, it's surprising that when we were working with small and medium customers um, five years ago, uh, we were actually more in that situation where they were like all over, you know, there's like, oh, I will use Asana, I use Trello, I use As Monday.com and these and that. And they would and be, they have a whatever Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh but with And they like, change every week as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like now I wanna use Google Doc, you know, I don't like any of those. <laughs> um but yeah, we we uh we noticed that with the um, enterprise customers that we work with, you know, um we we have been suggesting Basecamp and pretty much everyone, most of them, you know, has been very uh very acceptable to that. I think it's more confidence as well like uh, i always tell uh, my team that like think about when customers comes to us You know, it's like you're going to to a physician you know a doctor and they tell you like hey this is my form you fill this form and then next thing is going to happen is i'm going to create your profile on my whatever, the my doctor, whatever platform that I'm using. And that's where I'm going to share all your, our diagnosis and And we comply with that because that we, we went there with the, the, the solution. And that's something that, I mean, five years ago, I was less confident. So I was like complying, like whatever platform they would say, I'll try to. But that was not productive uh, because then my team has to learn this whole new platform that they don't know. And the, the whole communication is fragmented. You know half of the communication is our internal platform other project team is communicating other so we are now taking a very uh, strong stand on that and telling them like we will use the base camp uh, for the communication and and um,
0: would you say it's a bad time if they insist on it because fundamentally if you lose if, if they start telling you what tools you're gonna have to utilize
1: and that, yeah, it's normally a red flag that this ain't gonna yes. go too well. would you agree with it? I agree 100%. Yeah. So that's something that I always tell them like, Hey, you know, you, re- you came to us and you want us and like, and I tell them like, Hey, we have more experience in WordPress and website design and development. And your expertise is not that your expertise is running your business. So I was like, Yeah, if you reached, you are working with us because you trust on our expertise. And so that also comes with what we recommend.
0: I'm sorry, I interrupted again. I've been terrible, Kurt. But I think he's been constructive. Uh, what other tools do you utilize rather than, than Basecamp? Anything else? Uh, what's your position about Slack, and how do you how do you um, do you utilize it, and how do you integrate it with Basecamp? Is there any internal, you know, what should go on Basecamp and what should be utilized on Slack? Because it, you know, I've got a hate love affair with Slack. I despise yeah. it in
1: some ways and I love it in other ways. Hmm. Um, my stand is that um, Slack is only for um, emergencies, you know, that otherwise I we pretty much like use base game for all sort of communication. And that's something that we, let's say, like birthday announcements and, like, sending some cute pictures or something like that, like internal communication where it's more, like, fun and entertaining or if it's urgent, like...
0: I you say the stuff that you don't want the client to accidentally because you never want to mix a... We um, use Slack for internal discussions, but sometimes we have clients on it because we use FreeCamp, but we never... I used to set up two um free camp projects, one for the client and one for the internet. But there were a couple of times where people got confused and put stuff on, or on the RON uh, the which you don't want the clients to see. So I just keep the clients that do utilise free camp, we always make a new um the discussion about it goes on Slack and we keep it totally separate. Um so there's no embarrassments. Is that what you're talking
1: about? Embarrassments? Uh, I would say like we actually don't. You don't say anything clients, nasty about uh, the clients, yeah. do you? Client, yeah, we don't even, uh, we don't create clients like account. I don't think so. Yeah. No. It's basecamp, You know, because that's, it's one platform where they will be updated about the communications and all that. Um, but yeah, like we, we share our Calendly and Zoom links so they can schedule a meeting if they have something urgent to talk. Um, they have our phone numbers, but I don't think so that uh, we have any client I, that I can remember who is actually on Slack on our company Slack.
0: Before we um, before we go on to the next question, I just wonder: Have you ever had to sack a, cl- a customer? And what what was what was the decision? Why did you think what process? Um, did you go through to make the decision, and how did you handle um, the, you know, parting ways with them? Um, because you know it doesn't happen very often, but I have had to say goodbye to about two to three clients, but that's over fifteen years. Uh, um, so I don't think I've done too bad, but um, but there are scenarios where you're going to have to say goodbye to them. Going in. Any thoughts about how you've done that
1: and how you made that decision? Yeah, we um yeah, we we have done that um too in the past, and especially when we were moving from the small medium to enterprise, we had to say no to a lot of our small customers at their time. Um yeah, I think we we my my approach was um at that time when during the migration process, we were very honest with them. Like, hey, you know, we have been working with uh, Uh, with you and our hourly rate and all of that was this but now we are working we are focusing on that Our, our engineering team everything in last five years six years you know they all got better and things like that and so we tell them about the fact that our new hourly rate is going to be this you know and i don't want to enforce that you need to work and that's like a big jump or whatever so usually like if it's 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 migration from small to virage customer. I tell them the fact that this is what we want to work. And some of the times, there it's not just a WordPress website, but they have like a bunch of other integrate bunch of other custom development. And also, we also tell them like this is not kind of like project that we we are a good fit, you know. Uh, a Frankenstein. Correct. Yeah, we are not like we will not be motivated to do that. But some of the clients, um, in for other reasons, let's say not just the price, but let's say they. Have not been uh, a good client. They are not been communication and and following the the some of our suggestions and the process. Yeah, we 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 kind of like approach that with the same candor. Like we tell them, like, hey, this is what we are struggling with, and uh, I don't think so. This is working out. It's very hard. Breakup is very hard. Oh, it's, communi- <laughs> it's
0: communication and expectation, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I did have one, one CEO who was, I uh, found out about halfway through that she was a raging alcoholic mm. and she was sending me abusive text messages at like oh. 12 o'clock at night or uh, I had a meeting, I had a physical flew in to see her and her uh, chief financial officer, who was a very nice guy and it was, it was 12 o'clock. A meeting and she was drunk at the meeting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she started abusing me at the meeting, but the chief financial officer had to jump in. Uh that one is always burnt into my memory. Um uh, uh, back
2: over to you, Kurt, for the final question. Uh, don't worry, I don't think I'm gonna share any of those stories, Emil. <laughs> <laughs> the last question is um, you know, especially for folks that know Doctor Who from the UK and stuff like that, but if you had your own TARDIS, your own time machine, and you could go back to the beginning of, like, when you started running your business, what essential advice would you give yourself? Like, what, how would you, you know, meet, greet, and, and uh, mentor yourself if you went back to
1: the beginning? So, two things I would say there. First is, uh, yeah, I think based on this 15 years of experience and doing those things… Um, I just, I think it just changed. I learned something, you know, and and seen some things with the time and experience. And one big thing is uh, the courage and the confidence. I feel like in the beginning, we, when you don't know how this, some of these long term strategies or some of these decisions are going to play out in in a longer run. So we end up. I mean, I ended up making a lot of uh, short term fear based decisions. Uh, I was, I was, I didn't do few things that I should have done, uh, and things like, like, you know, fighting the wrong people, hiring the right people. So, I like didn't have that courage and confidence because I didn't have the experience of dealing with the situation. Now, knowing those things, dealing with those things like hundreds of different times, like it's still the same situation. It's just like my perception and confidence has changed. So, that is one thing that I would say. Tell myself to be more courageous and confident in in decision making. Um, second thing is, yeah, I think I would uh, also pay more attention to efficiency than innovation. Uh, which means, like, we are in agency business. You know, we are not building a rocket. You know, so that was, I think, when I started my agency, there was one thing that have been was going on my mind to kind of like, oh, you know, that we have to be innovative, we have to do like, you know, this all uh, different kind of things. And uh, that actually ended up becoming more like a shiny object for me and like, you know, more like a distraction to me. It didn't actually contributed that much uh, result into the business growth, but ended up adding a lot of stress. But then when I think about now, I was like, actually, the the whole agency business is an efficiency business. It's not an innovation business. Like if whoever is into WordPress, like we use the same platform, same set of tools, uh, pretty much the process and infrastructure, there is not much innovation that we need to, uh, to, to pay attention to. What we need to do is find a way to make this business efficient. Like internally, what are the things that you can do to kind of like, you know, increase the output, increase the quality, increase the the, the speed and, and things like that. And that is more on on efficiency. And the efficiency is basics. Efficiency works on the basic level. It does, I, I don't think so there is much innovation that effi- efficiency can do. And that is something that I we, was a big learning for me. So now I try to, define, uh, to model the framework that we have internally with our leadership team. I tell them like, scale what has worked so 80% scale 20% less than 20% innovation so if they come up with like new shiny idea about like oh we should do AI or we should do that I was like all right you only 20% time you know 80% let's just do the same thing that we have been doing because that's what is is Clients, like for each client, you know, it's the same WordPress website, same design, same development, and a lot of different uh, things that we just need to do it more efficiently rather than keep innovating, uh, worrying about too much worrying about innovations.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think that's very insightful there because I know there's overlap, but I think that can be a big difference between a, a freelancer's attitude to some extent where. They're looking for the latest technology the latest plugin the latest um you get a lot of that in WordPress you know the latest hosting provider the latest plugin and they all jump ship where your agency you know you're much more we need yeah we look at it but we're about efficiency because this is a you know that's the kind of difference in mindset between a a competent freelancer and an agency owner. I think that was very insightful. Thank you for that. Um, I think it's been a fab discussion. Um, what's the best way to find out more about you and your company?
1: Yeah, so um, my company, Multidots, um is on multidots.com. Our other products, their website is multicollab.com uh, for multicollab and dotstore.com. So they are all three very easy to find. But I also have uh, my newsletter. Uh, that's on uh, anilg.substack.com. That's where I write a lot of about personal growth, personal development, entrepreneurs, a- anything that I'm experimenting with. Any of my learnings, I like. It's like my public journal. That's how I like to say it. Like anything that I learned, I experimented. I tried to take a lot of notes. I'm very good at taking notes and then I publish those. my, my learn- Oh, I'm not. I'm not at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, uh, so, Kurt, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you up to?
2: Well, for business stuff or to be a potential guest on our podcast at Manana No Mas, it would be com. And then if it's a personal connection you just want to reach out, uh, it would be LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn almost every day, and I'm the only Kurt vonan on LinkedIn. So when you find me, you know you got the right guy. <laughs>
0: Yes. Kurt's got a course that you need to sign up about outreach through LinkedIn. It's a fab course. Um so uh hit him up for that. It's very inexpensive. Oh, um invited right. uh, Kurt, would you
2: mind sharing that? No, not at all. Not at all. I'll hit you with that. It's on uh dot com. But uh yeah, I'll send you a link directly, Anil. I got your email.
1: Yeah, that'll be great. I did a LinkedIn um course. Last year, like learned a little bit about how to use LinkedIn for uh, audience growth, and I was surprised. Like I was like, "Oh, I did." I thought, "Like I know what how LinkedIn works," and then I was like, "No, I don't know how LinkedIn works." <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: it's a, it's a beast in itself. But Kurt's got a fab cut, and um, we we'll make sure the links in the show notes, folks. I'd highly recommend that you sign up for Kurt's course if you're looking to utilize LinkedIn into 2024, um, we will be back next week. I I think we've had a fabulous discussion. I think we covered... I think your last reflection was fabulous, actually. I think you were spot on, your insight. Um, it's been a fabulous discussion. We've got some great interviews coming up in January. We will be back next week. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.